Hi, I'm Adam Spencer, and welcome to Telstra Behind the Mic. My guests in this episode work for different companies, but are tight collaborators, and they're here today to discuss the power of partnerships, in this case, between Cisco and Telstra. Greg, that's with two Gs, Ostrowski, is the Executive Chief Technical Officer at Cisco App Dynamics, And Ben Kingston is Head of ICT and Cyber Technology Solutions at Telstra. So Greg and Ben are both technology experts, and they're here today to tell you and me, mostly me because I have no idea, how Cisco's FSO, Full Stack Observability Platforms, in partnership with Telstra, are helping enterprises tackle the challenge of delivering the total application experience. What is a total application experience? Listen in and you'll find out as I quiz them on what this all means. We'll also dive into the many changes in consumer and employee behaviour, the role of FSO and why it's so important in a post-COVID world, and what the important steps are that businesses can take to get started to deliver exceptional customer experiences. It might surprise you, but we'll learn a lot about turkeys and bees as well. Greg? Ben, welcome to Telstra Behind the Mic. Yeah, Adam, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Hi, Adam. It's great to be here. Now, it, it, it's, I won't say it's almost a cliche. I think it has been elevated to cliche status, just the amount to which things changed during lockdown. But it's, it's, it's relevant to the discussion we have today. So I want to start by asking you, you first, Greg, what, what changes and challenges have you seen for businesses in general? since COVID when it comes to technology, and you're both, both within your customer base, but also your own business and organisation. What have you observed over the last 18 months, Greg? Yeah, sure. So, so you know, thanks, Adam. You know, when you think about it, the, the pandemic really turned things upside down. It really put a position in where IT has been holding businesses afloat during the entire pandemic. And you think of the reasons why. And number one is, all the consumers that are leveraging the business's services are going through a, a, a digital application or a digital service. And the other piece too is a lot of folks now went from working in an office to working from home. So you kind of like think, think of those two pieces and you dig a little further, right? Thinking about the consumer, the consumer expectations for applications have skyrocketed. You know, they're no longer tolerant of poor performing applications. There's just so many options out there. If you look at one that you may have downloaded, it doesn't fit your needs. You immediately delete it and then you move off to the next one. So now you look at this this expectation level. What's happened is that the dependency on applications have become so great. We've seen it as you know consumers need it to be able to communicate with their families, to be able to work, to be able to try new things, monitor their health or banking, all those pieces. And the key part is that it has to work all the time it has to work when they need it when they want it and it has to perform at a very top-notch rate that they're expecting so we actually had a report done that's referred to as the app attention index which is a third-party commission report where we went out and we targeted consumers the 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 app the app attention index that's right the, the aai tell, tell me what did, what did the aai tell you greg so it actually really solidified some of the feelings that we've already had based on what we've seen from our customers. But 85% who responded said that applications have been become a critical part of their lives. And that's really the way that they've been able to establish some level of normalcy back in their lives. And um, out of that, you know, three quarters of them, they uh, they have their expectations that rose through the roof. They really feel that the, the brand is responsible for providing the, the, the response to this application. 
And, you know, not, not surprisingly, we saw an increase about 30% since 2020 within, within applications. Now, that's like the, the consumer side. You look at what happened to IT. Now, the technologists that are out there supporting these applications, they started to expedite. They started to ramp up their speed in which they were building out additional services to be able to handle the scale, the load, the performance of these applications. So they started to migrate to cloud environments. They started to introduce additional technical services, you know, microservices and the different things to make these applications happen. But we're really, you know, happened under the, under the, uh, under the, when you kind of pull back the curtain, you started to create this sprawling technology, you know, just because you're adding something to it to provide a better user experience doesn't mean you're taking something away. So you may have data that's running in an on-premise scenario that's starting to run in a multi-cloud environment. So you have this data that's running across different networks, different infrastructure, different services that you're hosting through the cloud environments. And when you start thinking about how do I go figure out what's wrong, you now have a you now have data that's running across many different entities. And this way, finding that you know needle in the haystack has become very challenging for the IT staff. And what I said before, you know, with the consumers, if they have a bad experience, they don't go say, oh, it must be my ISP or it must be <laughs> my phone that's not working. They blame the brand. It's always mm. it just goes right back to the brand. So it puts, you know, kind of puts this yin and yang approach, right? Where you have two opposing forces. One's trying to make use of all the applications out there that are always running for them because they have these really high expectations. And then you got this team on the other side that is very siloed or very you know focused on their own domains that are looking at how to make sure that that experience is top notch and you know when you kind of put it in in a perspective because everybody's now working from home because the the dependency or the the front door of the organization that they're trying to access is now a digital service you can kind of see how this has become very very challenging for both you know mm -hmm. the the uh, the it professionals and the business leaders to ensure that 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 user experience is is top notch and realistically speaking user experience is, is effectively the most valuable current currency you have in this digital era that we're living in well, let me bring you in here ben we've recently had telstra vantage which is where you bring together large telstra customers to review the past year look to the year ahead if it is true and as they say in these last 18 months that businesses digital evolution has, has, has leapt forward months or years in the space of weeks when you speak to Telstra customers, what, what are they telling you about that side of the story that Greg's just illuminated over, over their, their journey over the last 18 months? Yeah, Adam, it's a, it's a great point. And we, we do see that acceleration really causing some organisations some, some stress in, uh, in the way they go about their business. And, and speaking of, of Telstra Vantage, you know, we had over 7,500 attendees to that online conference. And we did ask our customers their top business priorities uh, as as part of the uh, as part of the show, and you know, effectively, they they told us, you know, they're really looking to now improve business process efficiency, help their employees uh, get back to work and, and work remotely effectively, uh, improve the ability to meet their customer demand, and and critically get actionable insights from the data that they have at their fingertips. And when you think about all of this, it's you know, it really needs to be supported by robust and reliable applications in order for them to achieve some of those requirements that they told us that they want to be able to do. And, you know, over the last 18 months, to your point, and, uh, and as Greg was saying, you know, we have seen this incredible acceleration in, in the reliance and usage of applications for, for all sorts of, uh, of reasons. And, um, and, you know, 
we're really seeing organisations start to leverage uh, applications and new application use cases to sort of meet those challenges. If you think about that uh, that Telstra Vantage virtual conference that I just spoke about, you know, that's the sort of thing that you need to run seamlessly. Thousands of attendees uh, across the country and and the globe who expect now a uh, an experience that uh, that just just occurs uh, seamlessly without interruption. I think you know if you look at some other examples, you know, the supply chain is is one that has become even more critical now with you know the experience that that consumers are expecting from that initial purchase through to you know being able to track the logistics piece and understand you know where their particular item is is up to and and the follow-up customer care is all you know really now relying on a variety of online tools and, and applications like never before it, it it's interesting isn't it now now that organizations sort of take a breath and, and, and look to the way they're going to go forward, Greg. There's a lot of different models and a lot of different suggestions as to what can become part of the furniture. I know at Cisco you're very excited about FSO or full stack observability. Now, Greg, obviously <laughs> obviously, <laughs> I know what full stack observability is, but <laughs> hypothetically, if I had absolutely no idea what that phrase meant, what, what is full stack observability? And why are you so excited about that as a concept? Yeah, so, so that's a that's a really really good point there, Adam. That you know when you look at FSO and full stack observability, it, it's one of those things that when I explain it to you, you're gonna be like, oh, that makes sense. And when you think about what I was talking about before about the sprawling technology stack, or the you know the uh, when we you know we refer to the full stack observability, the, the the stack of technology to make these applications work. And you look at the teams, the way they're structured to be able to support this. So you have folks that use um, tools to be able to look at their network. So there's going to be connectivity points for the application or over, over a network, whether it's hosted by the company or the public internet. You have the teams building the applications, the developers. You got the folks that are running the security operations that are, you know, ensuring that, that no breaches happen or, or violate the, um, the, uh, the data that you're hosting for your your customers, and then you also have the teams that are managing the cloud, right? Understanding how to under, you know provision additional services in the cloud and start to uh, get things running, and then you also have the business leader. The business leader is now looking at IT, saying, "Hey, you need to be able to drive certain outcomes that I'm looking for based on the investments we're making in technology." So what full stack observability is, is takes those independent siloed teams and allows them to have a common playing field to be able to look at from the user experience as well as the business outcome that you're going to achieve. So instead of thinking about a way where, you know, I'm the networking person and I'm going to be managing the network, I'm only looking at the network. And if the, if there's a problem with the end user and I'm like, hey, but the network's working great, but the end user's still having a problem, there's a bigger issue, right? So that's that's where you kind of go into this position where, you know, you want to be able to have everybody on the same page and that's really being driven by business outcomes. You're looking for what's the business delivery that you want to be able to, to achieve based on the application. And by bringing together all those teams under under full stack observability, you're now able to track from the user experience as a transactional level to understand that when that data is, is being sent. So when I log into my application and I say, okay, I want to transfer money into your bank account, Adam, you want that to work all the time. So that data, absolutely, <laughs> that request is going to go from me logging in to selecting the you know the the account I want to pick from, uh, adding in how much money I'm going to be sending you, and then transacting it over. But in reality, what's happening is 
I'm logging in it. Maybe it goes to a particular cloud service for me to authenticate. And then that jumps over to a database that's now hosted on premise at the organization, hmm. which then hmm. routes over to another area to connect to your uh, account. So I'm able to transfer that through. So you can see there's different hops and different dependencies that are, that are being put in place based on the way that the, the sprawling IT uh, infrastructure is being deployed. Hmm. So now full stack observability gives me that a way of bringing that all together, making sense of it, but having a key lens into what the actual user experience is and also understanding what the business outcome or business context that I want to be able to drive to. So when you when you kind of when you kind of you know make it in very simplistic terms, it's a way of ensuring that you have the best user experience and you're actually driving to the best results that you can see for the business. Because, because for me as a consumer, in the same way, if an app doesn't work, I just blame the brand. I don't particularly care why the app doesn't work. Similarly, if I'm if I'm interacting with a complex organisation, and 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 the the person on the end of the phone with me is trying their hardest, but they only have access to certain parts of the system. As the consumer, I don't I don't care that that person's doing the best they can and only have access. I'm frustrated. At, what do you mean you can't see the account detail or the log of the previous call I've had to customer service or? my my history or whatever no, fascinating ben ben let me bring you in here tell, tell us more your thoughts on fso and can you give us a a, a a case study of where this is up and running with the telstra client yeah so uh look at I, I love fso and i really love the fact that you know cisco's built this capability that's sort of network in focus to understand what's happening you know out in the internet and also from an application out point of view. So you really do get that end-to-end -end visibility of, of application performance, I mean, out to the internet, down to the end user and, and through the app infrastructure. Um, and realistically for me, you know, now that we are working um, from anywhere, you know, the application to Greg's point could be housed in a data center or co-location facility with the hyperscalers or even as a, a software as a service application. Um, you know, you think about just getting to that end user and just the web itself being so incredibly complex with gateways, um, you know, cloud-based security, content delivery networks, all getting in the way of the application and where it resides to where that remote user's using that application. And that's before you talk about things like Wi-Fi and 4G, 5G access and, and what's going on in the user's laptop. So. Um, so for me, you know, what we're seeing is for, for large organisations, it means that, you know, they've got much better coordination of the different teams that uh, that support the application. So you've got the networks teams and the application support teams, you know, able to work much more closely and and uh, and effectively together. And, you know, we, we kind of joke in uh, in the IT industry around this this concept of mean time to innocence or uh, or basically uh, the time it takes for uh, for me to prove it's not my bit of the uh, the puzzle that's broken <laughs> and uh, and get get uh, get the organization pointing at someone else but realistically that is just allowing organizations to make better use of their resources and you know where they focus their time and efforts in terms of that prioritization so it's really key and we are seeing, in a number of examples where um, this full stack observability is making a real difference. And, you know, we see it, it could be deployed in a couple of different ways. And, and a great example of where there is a burning issue that, that needs to be addressed was with, with the ATO. And, you know, we delivered some great value. Uh, they were having some ongoing uh, payment card issues. You know, this was weeks out from tax time. Uh, we deployed uh, FSO in order to understand you know, where those application issues lay 
in a very quick period of time, sort of we're talking a week, able to pinpoint the underlying issue, work with the particular vendor that um, that had that issue and and resolve things very quickly. And the feedback was before um, ATO had, you know, that FSO capability and, and visibility, they just weren't able to pinpoint the real problem, had no real proof and, you know, didn't know where to go in order to uh, to rectify that. So that's sort of one approach. And they're now looking at broadening uh, the use of the platform. The other example that, that I love to talk to is, you know, a different approach, which is, you know, very much that consulting led. And it was, it was with a transportation and logistics uh, organization you know, and this rapid evolution that we talked about um, over the past couple of years was really putting strain on their application environment. You know, it was causing them performance issues, outages. They had some security incidents as a result, and it was taking a real toll on their business. Um, so, you know, we, we took, the approach of you know getting in there our value prop was that you know Telstra Purple our capability through an organization we acquired Epicon and Cisco you know we knew the client's business and were able to mobilize really quickly and, and effectively and and put in um a you know a scope of works and an implementation plan to uh, to address their needs and you know they're taking the approach of you know they've got some high priority applications they want to address and then more broadly look at their application footprint. So it's early days, but um, we've already got some great results in terms of just the visibility and the baseline that we've been able to give them that they haven't been able to achieve before by other methods. Great examples, Ben. Can I just say quickly, if anyone from the ATO is listening, I always just like to take a moment to just reflect on, gee, what a wonderful organisation the ATO is, does a fantastic job collecting our taxes. Um, I enjoy nothing more than paying all my taxes on time, in advance, if you want. So there's nothing to see with me, ATO. You can just, just <laughs> look at someone else. Okay, <laughs> Greg, um, I, I, I saw a tweet recently, Greg, on the App Dynamics Twitter feed that said, all businesses are digital businesses. And I, I understand the spirit of that message. Every, you know, that's, that's the space in which everyone's playing. But I'm sure there are a lot of businesses out there who think they are digital businesses, but they're not really doing it right yet. Anyone who's listening to this conversation today and thinking this is a path they'd like to go down, what, what, what's the logical first step for a business to take to explore this space, FSO and, and, and related concepts, you know, initially? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great question. I get that quite often. But, you know, just to add back to Ben's comment, he uh, he talked a little bit about mean time to innocence. And that is one of the most common terms that I hear when I speak to the CIOs of, of organizations I, I, uh, I engage with. You know, a, a funny comment was just recently made. You know, we're, we're coming up on our on our Thanksgiving here pretty soon. And he says, I feel like I have so many different tools. It's like having a turkey with 15 different thermometers in it, and I still can't tell if it's done. <laughs> so so you kind of you kind of think of that mentality. That kind of really makes it really what FSO is about. And that's really what, you know, when you think about the steps of moving forward, you know, you got to look at what tools you have today and what value they're bringing to you. If they're siloed, if they're running independently, then that's not going to serve the needs that you're looking for, especially driving that top user experience. The other part too is that when you look at full stack observability, you look at the shift that needs to happen inside the organizations, it's really two parts. One is it's, it's a cultural shift. 
So one is you need to really have a top-down approach to say, look, this is what we're mandating. We're going to be building out an FSO strategy. We're going to get everybody on the same page and we're going to drive to certain outcomes or certain results that are business-led or, or user experience-led. That has to happen because you really need to have uh, a, an overarching approach to it that that really aligns all the teams. And I you know I kind of said that that comment about the you know the turkey with the thermometers, but in reality is when you have different teams running things independently in silos, you're not going to really accomplish what you're looking for. So a top-down approach must happen first. The second part is to evaluate the applications that you have. So number one is, you know, obviously the, the mission critical applications are the ones that are really critical to the business are the ones you want to focus on first. And that way you can start to get the visibility and the, the, um, the observability into that application stream from a beginning point. So you can kind of prove it out. And you know, of course, leveraging the uh, the support from 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 Telstra is is critical in my opinion because one is they know the business, they they understand the challenges that that folks are having, and the other part too is that when you need to start bringing multiple tools together that can be integrated that enable you to start to take on these more advanced approaches where you can start to see things that are happening amongst all those different domains from the infrastructure, the network, the security components the applications, as well as the business view, the business uh, context, you, you need somebody to help you do that. And that's that's really about aligning, you know, what's going on so that you can see. The second component is leveraging an AI, uh, AI capabilities. And that's what we built within the AppDynamics platform that takes in all that data and it's able to start to immediately provide some automated results for root cause analysis, understanding how to optimize your environment, um, helping you troubleshoot. And then lastly, you know, when you get down the path of building out your, your strategy and your, your vision, it's all about automating. We've been in a position now where we've gotten so complex from a, from a technology point of view that when you start looking at all that data coming through, it's beyond our, our capabilities as humans to be able to sift through that quickly and be able to provide that user experience we're looking for. So being able to automate some of those capabilities is where you want to, you know, if there's a, a server that needs to be restarted, if there's workloads that need to be rebalanced or, or optimized, you want to do that in an automated fashion so you can focus on innovation. Because if you think about it too, right, so full stack observability gets you to a position where you can see what's going on, you can fix things based on what you can see, and then you can automate based on what you can fix. But at the end of the day, you still have to keep innovating. And again, that's, you know, where I think Telstra really comes in too, because you can help get everything together from an FSO standpoint, but also continue innovation so that you can keep those users hungry to keep using your services. And on the topic of hungry, Ben, I can hear you chomping at the bit, wanting to tell me what <laughs> Telstra Purple can provide for people who want to begin on this journey. When, you, when you're having these sort of conversations with, with customers, Ben, what, what do you focus on as the sort of beginning steps? Yeah, so it's, you know, and, and Greg has really talked about that it's for me first and foremost it's understanding this uh this landscape that we uh, we find ourselves in and the importance of the application experience um and the role that they're playing moving forward um and then i think it's engaging with partners like telstra purple and uh you know we are the largest australian owned professional services organization in in the land um capability across Obviously, the the IT integration um, and visibility piece that we're talking about today. But not only that, we've got the app development piece, you know, cloud networks uh, through the IoT and the workspace, and so that we can work with organisations in terms of their requirements across a breadth of uh, of their organisational needs from an IT perspective. Um, and, and, I, and I think the other piece to that, Adam, is is just the um, 
you know, the work that we do with Cisco more broadly, you know, we've got deep integration uh, between our organisations, uh, a strategic partnership that goes back nearly 20 years now. Um, and, you know, I think what that means for organisations is, uh, you know, some, just some great advice, uh, the implementation and support piece across our two organisations that, um, you know, that means that they can be confident in terms of engaging us in, uh, in their application performance requirements. Just before we wrap it up here, Greg, a couple of questions I want to ask you. Greg, you and I actually met for the first time back in, I think, a, a decade ago or so yeah. when, when you were at BlackBerry and they were launching a new phone that, that at the time, I can't remember, the, the Z10 or something, that, that, that at the time was, I remember, in, incredibly cutting edge. And you could do things that I think these days are probably quite standard on mobile phones, but at the time to be able to flick between different screens and applications. And I think you could create multiple personas on the one phone. So you could, you could use it as a business and a personal phone with everything completely separate. That, that, that was groundbreaking at the time. We all know that it didn't work out for BlackBerry. Is there, is there a salient lesson there about how, how, how crucial timing and being ahead of these sort of things is? Because I get the impression in that product, BlackBerry had something phenomenal but they no longer had the corporate momentum to truly be able to leverage it. Is that probably a, a fair assessment? And what, what lesson do we draw from that? Yeah, I think it's a fair assessment, but I think what the what the, the real learnings there was is that you need to listen to your end users. And and uh, that's both internal as well as external. So I mean, what I mean, internal, you know, internal employees, as opposed to uh, consumers of your, of your services. And, um, you know, Back then, you know, ten, a decade ago, you didn't have the ability of really seeing it in the behalf of the person using the the applications or the or the devices. So now we're in a position where you have to be able to see and understand what your users are experiencing. So, and I'll give you an example too, right? So, if you look at any application you go to, you have different paths that you could possibly take when you're in the application. So, I may be rolling something out that I find is very high value. So, I want to. You know, let's say I have a, a a travel app since we all want to travel again, and I go in I go in uh, log into my travel app, and the person that built it wants me to be able to use the the um, the rewards area on my app, but I'm not using it. That may be the piece that is able to keep me to use that application moving forward, but I don't know about it. So, but that and that's what I mean by you have to understand how people are using your applications and ensure that you can understand that they're taking advantage of the full set of services that you're providing them, but also that the performance is top notch. That's that's probably the most important piece. So really understanding your users, understanding how their performance is, understanding how they're getting value out of your application so that you can continuously innovate and ensure that you get the right information. Your surveys are always great. You probably get maybe 5% of them replying. Hmm. It's the 95% that you, you have to worry about. I was looking on Twitter at your handle, uh, Greg, executive CTO, traveler and beekeeper. It says now, travel obviously has had to sit to the side a little bit over the last eighteen months. How's the beekeeping going? And here's a here's a question without notice for you that you might not ever have been asked before. What do you learn from beekeeping that teaches you a little bit, or is a good metaphor for the lessons you're learning in your executive CTO role? How's the beekeeping going? You, you know, it's funny you say that because sometimes I use beekeeping references in my conversations. Ah. So if you look, so so beekeeping has been phenomenal. I've now been doing this for approximately thirteen years. The so if you look at a colony of bees, you have a queen bee, you have worker bees, you have nurse bees, you have 
you know, a whole colony of bees of about at, at its peak, it's going to be about 60,000 bees. Every single bee knows their job. They know exactly what they need to do. And the queen is running the show. So she emits pheromones and, 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 and educates the, the hive to be able to do what they need to do. But if you look at that, that hive, it's the, the overall colony is the, is the equivalence of, of like a human being, right? It's not the single bee. So by everybody doing their job so efficiently, they're able to have a very strong productive hive that's generating honey and it's starting to, uh, you know, expand and, and move on. But the biggest lesson learned is that if that colony of, of bees is not performing in a way that they're all working together in unison, hmm. it falls apart. It dies. And that's really the analogy is that you got to work in unison or otherwise you're just going to you're just going to fade away. When we look at the size and the complexity of the sort of issues we're talking about here today, it does make sense that large organizations partnering and leveraging off each other's strengths is the way forward. Let, let, let's close by reflecting, because Telstra and Cisco have worked together for quite a while. In this particular area, Ben, what's the strength of the Cisco-Telstra partnership? Why is it so important in this space? So I think there's a couple of things to that, Adam. Firstly, it's, um, you know, it's the journey that we've both been on together. Uh, you know, we've, we've evolved our organisations because we've seen the importance of this area that we've been talking about today. You know, so not only across our networks into the DC, the cloud in the last few years, but, you know, we've really been working to evolve our capability around things like software solutions and automation and, uh, and things like FSO that we've talked about. So, um, it's, it's getting the capability that the likes of Telstra Purple with our, you know, significant software development, IT integration capabilities, um, you know, which makes a great partner for the likes of, uh, of Cisco and the capability they bring to bear with uh, FSO or full stack observability. So that's the first point. I think the second one for me is, you know, once you've got those insights from, you know, the FSO instrumentation, it's, it's the breadth of capability of our two organizations. So, you know, as I spoke with, you know, we can, we can pull levers from, across the cloud or the DC through the network, you know, into the customer premises, you know, across terrestrial and mobility networks. So, you know, together we can we can actually help organizations once they've got that visibility, start to pull those levers to, you know, evolve and improve their application performance. Greg, what would you say? You know, when you look at the the um, the partnership between Cisco and, and Telstra, it's, it's actually very, very, uh, it's, it's very robust. And as we start to expand from, you know, a, a hardware company into a software company, which we've been doing over the past little while here, you know, companies like Telstra can actually take our product sets and make them deliverable to customers in the way that is unique to their to their individual businesses. And what I mean by that is like every single case is going to be somewhat unique based on the customer needs, demands, and, and what have you. And we're out there building products that are really geared towards delivering a suite of services that can fill certain needs but what Telstra comes in is really about how to deliver and, and execute and make this a reality for our customers. And the best part about it, I think, is the fact that we can provide a series of products. They can take, take an early look at it and they can start to build together their own unique um, bundles of how they're going to start to bring it to their customers and then fill gaps where they, where they need to. So I think it's a, it's a great partnership to work together with the, uh, the Telstra folks. And, and ultimately it's, it's for the best of our customers. Like our, you know, our examples of how to get started in FSO, you know, when you have a partner like Telstra who's already done this with other customers, I mean, what more value can you bring to a to a, a new customer to say, look, we've done this already, 
we know what works. We know what what um, challenges there are to, to to resolve, and you can even make bold assumptions. And a lot of times, you're going to be correct based on just experiences from from uh, the vast experience that uh, Telstra brings to the table. So, in wrapping this up, Ben, what are your closing thoughts on the uh, the issues we've discussed today? Uh, look, I think, Adam, really it's about, you know, we, we've talked about how critical applications and, and app performance really is, and, you know, whether that's driving competitive advantage for organisations or, or just supporting, you know, this ever-increasing customer expectations, you know, those trends will only continue. So, you know, it's about recognising, I think, really prioritising that, that piece. Um, and then, you know, it's a case for just engaging with the likes of Cisco and, and Telstra Purple on uh, putting a plan in place and and getting going. Uh, so come and talk to us, Greg. It's an exciting time, isn't it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it definitely is an exciting time. You know, one thing I I will say is, and this conversation comes quite a bit, as I talked a little bit about the sprawling complexity. I don't see that going away anytime soon. It's, I think it's going to continue to grow in complexity. So I, I I truly believe that if full stack observability has not been part of a strategy today i really think you're going to be in a position where you fall behind and um you know focusing on the user experience the business outcomes and then ensuring that your technology is driving what the business needs is the mindset that we need to all move to and um you know hey you know we'll see what happens over the next uh, the next decade and and where we're going to be but it really boils down to um you know ensuring that the performance and the user experience is uh, front of mind Greg Ostrowski from Cisco App Dynamics and Ben Kingston from Telstra. Thank you so much for your time. Ben, I do notice quickly on Twitter, your Twitter references are ICT professional who still can't get the bloody Wi-Fi working properly, <laughs> end quote. First of all, good on you for just normalising that experience and making it clear that even ICT professionals have trouble with this sort of stuff now and then. I notice you haven't tweeted since 2014, so either you've since gone on to be massive on Snapchat and Insta and that sort of stuff, or the, the Wi-Fi never really kicked in? Uh, well, it's, you know, according to my kids now, Adam, it's all about TikTok, so <laughs> um, yeah, I've left those other platforms behind. Um, and I do look to them to, uh, to sort the Wi-Fi out as well. What a perfect note on which to leave this fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for your time, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Greg.